Welcome back to the New Friends Podcast. I am your host, Sylvia Costa. This next episode you are about to hear is with Brian Flores, representing his barbecue company, Flower Power Barbecue. There's a competition coming up. I hope that you all can support him. I'll be out there. We'll be live broadcasting with Bama Media. Sunday, July 16th, there will be a barbecue competition at PBSJ Bandavella in San Jose. I will be posting more details on social media. So if you're not following me yet, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, New Friends Podcast, follow, rate, subscribe on Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, I am there. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend. Dia de Portugal, Kellyanne Park, and Portuguese Heritage Night at the Earthquakes game. Forza Quakes, Viva Portugal, and happy Pride Month, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It is very R-rated, so if you're listening with your kids in the car or around your kids, this is not one for the kids. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the New Friends Podcast again. We are back, full throttle, season two. I am very excited to introduce this guest that I have that I'm talking to today. I've known him for a long time, and of course I know him because I'm Portuguese and he's Portuguese. It's just another guest that is Portuguese. I'm sorry, <laughs> I am having another Portuguese guest. So I have Mr. Brian Flores on the podcast today. Hi, Brian. Hey, Sylvia. How's it going? Very good. Thank you for asking. I think the last time you and I saw one another was at, I think, Brian Montes' wedding. Dude, honestly, I was I was actually thinking about it the other day when you reached out to do the podcast. I was like, dude, I don't remember the last time I seen her. Um, but yeah, no, I think the last time was was uh, Matos's wedding, and that was that was like during COVID, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's already you know has kids in and everything. Yeah, so it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a few years. Yeah, I had actually never been to the Madonna Inn before, so that was actually really cool to kind of see what it looked like. Yeah, no, that was actually, I think that was my first time there, especially at the venue and stuff like that. I think I've been to like that, that, that pea soup place. I think if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, they have like a, a little restaurant there that serves like bomb, uh, bomb ass, like pea soup. But yeah, yeah. so that, that, yeah, that was like the first time I had been in the venue myself. You stayed there, right? You guys, some of you guys stayed at that hotel. Oh yeah. No, most definitely. We stayed because, uh, you know, you know how, you know how Portuguese weddings go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was so curious. I'm like, I wish I would have stayed here because the every room was so cool there. It was and it, like like I tripped out about that, you know, because the rooms were like they were hella fancy. I was like, damn, these things are fucking nice. <laughs> yeah, it's for sure. You don't mind me cussing, right? No, no, no. I literally have the little check on the tab that says this is not made for kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, because I cuss so, a lot. I'm sorry if anybody else is offended, but then my show's not for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the last time that we saw one another but i was thinking back when we actually met and it had been like an ies or like pbsj fesh there or something oh like yeah that. no yeah i think i think yeah i remember back in the day um i want to say probably it's probably like around the ies fesh um because i've dude i've known you 
I want to say since like the early 2000s, I want to say. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Long time. Very, very long time. I probably met you and your, your, uh, your set of friends. Um, the Hayward Grove, am I, am I correct? Hayward, you guys were from the Hayward area or yeah. Uh, no? Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I was going to say that. I'm like, everyone has their hall. PBSJ. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. PBSJ all day, baby. Uh, no, but yeah, no, I remember, I remember meeting you, you guys back in the early 2000s and you and your friends are so cool so you know obviously in the bay area whenever there's a portuguese fest everybody just you know the, that's the that's the cool the cool thing about the community is um you know having these you know when they have these festas and everything you just meet so many different people from all over the place and and everybody just has a good time and so that's that's how most of us met like all of our friends yeah it's interesting because i felt like when i grew up in the portuguese community it was so small because my parents just went to where the hayward halls and you know being young i didn't even know about like mm-hmm. We didn't really go too far, yeah. Um, you know, with my parents, and then once I started getting into, I think marching, I think, um, and then that's how I started growing more of Portuguese friends outside of like the Hayward area, and then I slowly went to Newark, danced in the Flocotic for yeah. Newark, and yep. then I made my way to San Jose somehow with the conjunts <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, like I said, that's the cool thing about the Portuguese community, especially like playing in the bands or like at the entertainment side, right? You're always going to different different cities in California. I mean, even in like Rhode Island or Boston or whatever, everybody, you know, like especially with the conjunts and stuff like that. Uh, and you just, you just meet Portuguese people from all over the place. And for the most part, like everybody's very welcoming and everybody likes to have a good time and have a beer and have a cocktail or a shot or whatever. And uh, yeah. And I just, I, that's the one thing I love about the Portuguese community. I mean, there's a lot of things that the positive thing about the community is just it's we embrace our culture. We embrace our, you know, uh, our heritage and everything like that. And it's just, um, it's a beautiful thing to be honest. And I, and I, you know, since I was a little kid, I've always been wanting to be in the community and, and just, uh, you know, keep our Portuguese heritage and, and culture alive. So, um, yeah, it's always been a big thing for me. Great job doing that, Brian. You're literally, (laughs) you're always someone that's going to be there. That's like someone you can count on that will be at an event and will, and support too. Yeah, most definitely. I really commend your, per se group of friends specifically Mm -hmm. like the guys yeah you guys are pretty tight oh yeah no it's uh you know it's funny dude and i was just and i and i try to explain this to like to people sometimes it's like um it's it's weird because now you see the generation of portuguese around our area and stuff like that and like you know the the culture is kind of dying out and in a sense and the fetishes aren't the same but man back at that time that was the hot you know, yeah. the golden era, like when we were growing up, cause I, I think you and me are close in age. I'm, I'm, I'm turning 39 in October. And I, I just feel like my, my generation was, and maybe the generation after or probably the last of a dying breed in the sense that we really, really grew up in the culture and the, and the, the community. And a lot of us just have like really, really tight friends that we grew up with in the community. And I, I can't tell you how much I'm I'm blessed to be to to have the friends that I do have that I've met in the community, and they know who they are. I mean, I can I can I can sit here and name name a, a freaking you know page or two of just friends that I have that are really close and that I've grown up with. But it's 
it, that's what I cherish the most, you know, being about being Portuguese and being in our community. It's, it's, a, it's a special, it is a special place. I'm not going to say it was a special place. It is a special place and it can always be a special place. But at the same time, we do need to, we need to carry, carry on the traditions, but um, yeah, that's I another, think that's another topic. <laughs> yeah. We need to pick up a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pick up the slack from COVID. That's yeah, for sure. Most definitely. When I started singing in Kujuns, I was able to play with your brother, too. So I was able to meet your brother. And then I met your mom through that, too, because she would always come to the gigs. And so I feel like I know your family now. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, was that was Somajung or what what was that? No, that was um, I think that was Otra Banda. I don't think it was Otra Banda. That's right. I was trying to remember the name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. He I remember he played with you guys for a while. That's right. Um, Yeah, him and I got along so well and like. I just have to say it just to, to say the verdade. Like, your brother is such a good singer and he's just one of those people that you just want to like punch. It's like one of those kids that never studies, but aces the tests. <laughs> like he would be able to show up and just show out. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, you know, no Dave warm up or anything. Okay. Yeah. Dude, Dave, Dave, he, uh, that's one thing, you know, his, he has a really good voice for his um, his tone um, and his vocal range. He's not really a high vocalist, a high vocal range uh, range person, but his mid and low range is really really good. And he he just he just has it. And and you know, there's some people I always looked up to my brother. You know, when when I was younger, and he was in like Agiash and Kasha, um, that like he was my hero. Like I, the, my brother, like he was in the band. He you know he had all the girls and you know, had the big blue truck and lifted truck. Nobody had lifted trucks in the Bay area at the time. And he was just that dude. Right. And, and, and I looked up to him a lot and uh, yeah, I love my brother. He was, uh, he was definitely instrumental in my, in my life. And especially with music too. Um, I can't, I can't honestly tell you how many times like we would sit in a truck in his truck, like, like at night, I was like in fucking like high school maybe. And even like in eighth grade and we'd go at night, we'd be just chilling at home. He's like, let's go for, I listen to music. Okay, cool. We would literally go around. We used to live in Milpitas, um, kind of by the Calaveras Hills. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we'd just like, he'd literally, he would, I'm, I'm going to be honest. We, he would roll a joint and we would, we would smoke a joint and we would just go around on the highway and just around Calaveras listening to all this music that hit like like at the time it was like during when he was playing with Kasha it was not towards it was towards the end of the Aggie-ish tenure but dude I just remember like and I would see like he was a like it was so weird like my brother he wasn't the greatest like keyboard player like he would play you know he would have his like uh you know all, all, like he would have his moments but he wasn't very technically like you know like a he couldn't play that crazy ass solos or anything like that my brother was my brother was a good good keyboard player but his, solid, his yeah. he was solid exactly he was solid um but the dude knew music like i just i would trip out like we'd be driving and and he would he would beat the shit out of his steering wheel like listening to a song and like <laughs> trying to drum like all the shit on the on the song and stuff like that and i remember one time specifically uh there's a part on the song where it's kind of like a it's almost like a feel so it was like Boom, boom, pa. And on that last pa, he hit the steering wheel so hard, he snapped the steering wheel in half. <laughs> oh my God. While we were driving. So, no, I mean, not just to cut it short, but yeah, my brother, my brother, he had he had it and there was you know there's no way of explaining what it is but my brother my brother definitely had it yeah he has it 
he has an ear and he like i i just loved harmonizing with him and it was yeah. very easy you know yeah. it was just very easy to be able to sing by his side and for him to be able to pick some oh, okay da, 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 and he'd get it i'm like okay that oh, yeah. that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i know he was he was uh he was like the harmony king he actually taught me how to like kind of harmonize like when we'd be sitting in the truck and singing so it was like there was always that kind of connection like we'd be singing a song together driving in the truck and and he would well, yeah you'd get pulled up <laughs> on stage for a few bands sometimes too i did i i did a couple times I, i'm not the <laughs> i'm not like a, a great singer by any means but i i can i can throw down here and there but uh i did i remember doing an ozo song for you guys one time uh at pbsj and that was that was super cool i was like i was totally thrown off by it but i was uh i was ready that was super cool i really appreciate yeah, that by that the way was, i love doing that because my family's all musicians and stuff and we always did that we're like get on stage come on <laughs> so that to me like sharing that space that i love so much that was all i could ever wanted i would have 20 people on stage if I <laughs> yeah no i thought <laughs> that was super cool like, like so now you have this barbecue thing going. How yeah. Did that, how did that start? Dude, honestly, like it's it's actually kind of funny. So um, like a few years back, this is probably like two or three years before COVID. Um, I would I, I don't know what it, what, what it got me, but I've always liked barbecue. I was never like super huge into like barbecue food or anything like that. But I don't know. I started watching this show and I forgot the name of the show, but it was like a it was like a barbecue contest. And uh and I just remember like watching it on TV and like, dude, that's, that's so sick. Like the food looks awesome. Like I, I really dig like how they were cooking the food and smoke, excuse me, smoking the food and stuff like that. And, um, and I, I don't know, it just, something just kind of like popped in me like, dude, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a total foodie. So like when I see something and I see like, especially food wise and it looks good or like what it just, it, how they're making it looks good. I, it, it like, I crave it. So when I was watching the show, I started craving barbecue. I'm like, fuck, I want to, I'm going to start making some barbecue. So it took a few years, but like, I just remember it was, I think it was the fall of 2020. And I think it was the fall or the end of summer, something like that towards the end of the summer. Uh, and my mom wanted to give me a birthday gift. And she was very adamant. I was like, no, I don't need nothing. I don't need nothing. She's like, she's like, no, I want to get you something. And I had been looking into smokers and, uh, I was, you know, I found one and I was like, okay, well, if you want to give me something, I was, I was like trying to like make her not buy it to me. So I was like, okay, this is expensive. She's going to be like, you're tripping. So I showed it to her and she's like, okay, order it. I was like, fuck. Okay. So I ordered it. <laughs> so I ordered it. I love those moments. <laughs> right. And it was just like, okay. You know, it came in, I put it together and, um, literally I, I didn't know how to fucking cook any barbecue. So what, what do you do tip? What is, what do people do nowadays? Like when they figure out that they can't do something, they go on YouTube. I went on YouTube and I just started following all these like barbecue people and all the like top barbecue guys around the nation. And, you know, I just started watching videos and, and, and just dude, honestly, like countless hours, I would be sitting in bed, like sometimes till on a weekday, like till like three in the morning, four in the morning, just watching these videos and like just soaking all the information in like temperatures and, and like how long you got to cook this and you know, what seasonings are good for this? What's this, you know, this, this, and that. And I started implementing it and I started like trying it out and things started going good. And, and like the food was turning out pretty good. And then a COVID COVID hit. Right. Yeah. 
And, and obviously, you know, everybody's at home and, you know, and people, I just remember like everybody in the, on Facebook and like all the Portuguese people on Facebook started posting food, like everybody started making food at home. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to start making a bunch of barbecue because I had a hell of a time. Everybody's at home. So I started like trying out everything. I started doing ribs. I started doing briskets. I started doing pork. I started doing pork belly. I started doing, I just started coming up with crazy ass, like recipes and just like thinking outside the box. Uh, long story short, in that sense, like I, I started doing barbecue and, and, and during COVID and, um, and it honestly, it became an obsession. Like I spent like thousands of dollars, like, <laughs> oh, on meat, on fucking like Japanese A5 Wagyu, like top of the line Kobe meat, fucking beef, top of the line pork, just wanting to try all this different stuff. And, and I'm not able to go out and not able to spend hella money. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll just spend my money on, on all this barbecue stuff. And then... Like I said, I started, I started doing this and, and then people during COVID started like dropping off food at people's houses. Right? So like, it was funny. I remember just people coming to our house and dropping off hella goods. And like, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do something like that. So I started making like, you know what I mean? I mean, started making like appetizers, like of Portuguese, like of uh, not Portuguese, a barbecue. And I started dropping it off at like friends' houses and like, dude, people were like, fuck dude, this shit's fucking good. And they're like, dude, you should like, you should, uh, you should start selling this. And I was like, it didn't even occur to me. Like I was just doing it because it was like a hobby. It was something that I loved. And, um, and I was like, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to try that out. So I actually did my first pop-up. Um, it was, I don't remember the exact date, but I know it was like in the summer or something. And, uh, I decided to do a pop-up from my house, like a drive through pop-up because, you know, at the time of the COVID people didn't want to have like contact and all that crap. So I did all the food at my house. My mom, I was at the time living with my mom and, uh, she helped me out. So she did the sides. I think my, my plate was pulled pork sandwiches with like coleslaw, barbecue sauce, uh, baked beans and my famous macaroni and cheese. So, um, and I, and I, I, sw- I put it on Facebook. I made a flyer. Um, my sent it out and I swear to God, I, 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 I did like pre-orders. So I had like, I want to say it was like 95 or 97 orders the first time. And I was just like, fuck. Wow. Yeah. I was like, well, because in mo- and obviously most of them were like through the Portuguese community. If it wasn't for the Portuguese community, I wouldn't have an outlet for this. Right. 1,000%. Yeah. So that's, I'm like I said, I'm just, I'm very blessed to be a part of this community and it's, and it's, it's really, really um, humbling in that sense. When I, when I, when I saw that, I was just like, like, well, this is awesome. With you, people like you, it's not, you know, yeah, you know we we wouldn't um buy from someone that wasn't a likable person. That's for sure. Or if you didn't like them, correct? you, and then on top of it, it's good. No, correct, and and I I and I truly believe that too. Um, and like I said, but like I said, I am blessed to have to have this outlet. Um, and but no, so that like like I said, I went I did that first pop up and and it went really well, and then I started doing a couple more and. Um, and I started getting really good feedback, like, you know, especially from my friends, my friends are the fucking, our friends are the toughest fucking critics, aren't they? <laughs> right. Like our friends, especially our Portuguese friends, like the, we're, we're honest people. Like, you, you know, especially with, with like longtime friends, you know, they'll let you know. So, 
I, I didn't hear too much bad feedback in that sense. Um, but you know, that would be like, Hey, yeah, maybe you should, uh, maybe try this instead or try, try a, a different type of sauce or this or that. And, you know, I would make a few tweaks in here, but all my recipes are per my like flavor profiles, right? Like I, I base all my cooks on like the flavors that I think are going to be really good and that pair well with all the different meats. And so, um, yeah, no, I just, like I said, I got really good feedback and I just started doing it more and more. Um, and then, <clears throat> and then I like came up with the, like the flower power barbecue kind of name. And that was honestly, that was kind of like a, a an homage to my brother in a sense, because back in the day, cause our last name is Flores, right? So flowers. And, uh, <laughs> back in the day, they used to call my brother flower power. And, uh, my brother used to call me flower power junior. So I was trying to think of like a clever, like clever name for my, for the company. And, uh, I don't know. I just, it just popped in my head. I said flower power barbecue. And I said that to a couple people that I was like a couple friends and like, Oh yeah. They're like, dude, that's, that's totally you. That, that it just, yeah. it's, that's you. Right. So I, I went with it and then I just came up with the idea to start doing catering and, uh, started doing catering. Um, my mom helped me out a lot. She still does. Yeah. Um, and, uh, cause it's hard, dude. Uh, it's just me and it's just literally me and my mom. Um, recently, recently I've, I've actually, uh, my buddy, Steve Lorenzo, um, he's, he's basically like a, he's, he's like a partner now with me. And, uh, because I needed help, dude, I, I could not do this by myself. Like yeah. it just, but it started getting, I mean, you're growing like to the point where you need help. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and it, and I'm not going to lie, dude, it like, you know, it's funny. I, I, I never knew I had anxiety until I started fucking doing this shit. <laughs> yeah. The pressure. It is. And you know what? It's, it's, it's so funny because there's times where like it, it flows really well and everything goes really well. And then there's times where something pops up or, or I, I just, I don't know. I just like when it comes down to crunch time and it's getting down to that last hour where I have to take the food to the person, I would get anxiety. And like, you can ask all my friends that, that, that have helped me out like during the pop-ups or just any of my friends in general, they, they see me, they're like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like everything's fine, bro. Your shit's hella good. Like you're good, bro. Like, it's all good. Um, all because you care. That's yeah. almost like a healthy anxiety. That's a more like sometimes we confuse anxiety for excitement. Yes. You know, yes. we're really giddy and excited too. Yes. No. And it's, and you know, what's funny, Sylvia is I would experience it's those, there's different kinds of anxiety, right? So like, even when I played with the, with the Portuguese, like when I played with the Portuguese band, um, whenever I had a solo, <laughs> Uh, or I had a, a part that was just really, it's just focused on me. Um, before the concert, I legit, like I would separate myself from everybody. And you can even ask, you can even ask some of my friends in the band right before concert. I literally would go like in a, in a quiet place and just kind of sit chill. I would even drink beer or anything like that. Like I needed to be in the right like headspace. Um, and because I would start like, um, feel, you get that anxiety, like almost butterfly feeling in your stomach. Right. And, um, and I would just kind of sit there and, you know, like I, I learned how to do these breaths, like from another musician. So like when, when he would get like butterflies, he would do so, sort of like a, like a breathing technique and he taught me it. And so I would sit, like I said, I would sit kind of by myself and, and do those breathing techniques and, uh, and it helped me a lot because there would be times like I'd be playing and if I'm playing this solo or playing this, you know, part like that's very exposed, that's just on me. Um, 
my fingers would start to tingle and I legit like to the point where I can't feel my fucking fingers. They're moving. They're, they're, they're hitting all the notes, but I can't feel it. <laughs> adrenaline, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, it's adrenaline. And then, like I said, it's, it's, and then with the anxiety. So, uh, and I would experience that with like cooking and stuff. I can't tell you how many times I've experienced it during, during cooking for like catering and stuff, but um, long story short. Yeah, no, just doing the catering stuff and, um, and the pop-ups and, um, and then competitions. That's, that's another thing that I kind of got into. That. Um, that is so fun. It actually stemmed from a couple of years ago during COVID actually. Um, uh, the barbecue community, especially in the Bay area and even on Instagram itself, um, very tight knit. Everybody's like very, everybody's very, um, you know, helpful and everybody wants to see everybody excel. And, and, um, and I just, you know, I met, I met a bunch of people on Instagram and especially locally. And, um, I got invited to a, um, like it's basically like a backyard competition, backyard barbecue competition. And so a backyard means is it's basically, it's not a professional contest, right? Not a professional competition, but it is, it can be, professional like professionally ran in the sense that all the rule they can use all the rules that are on the professional circuit um all the professional judges and how they judge you get placed you know one through whatever they give you feedback they give you comments they let you know what you did good what's bad what needs to be fixed or whatever right i did this first one uh with my team and so i at the time you know i didn't have anybody besides me so i reached out to a bunch of buddies uh and so they were the first flower power team <laughs> and so um we we went to this fucking place it was in campbell it was literally at this i forgot the name of the bar i want to say there was 17 17 teams or some shit like that it's actually on youtube and the funny thing is and i'll get to this in a little bit but there was one of the professional judges there her husband's actually a professional uh barbecue barbecue pit master and he's he's actually like grand he's he's a grand champion he's won multiple fucking like contests around the united states he has his own youtube channel he was on barbecue shows on on tv his name is harry sue and so that's how that got videotaped he videotaped uh, like went around and videotaped stuff and he actually was on the table that judged my ribs so the competition was ribs and tri-tip excuse me and so um we you know we turned on our food and the way it worked at that competition right was when it's time to judge your food they would you know they're only supposed to take one or two bites right like so in that one or two bites you have to pack as much flavor as possible because you want to smack their taste buds like and give them a pop of flavor that they're not going to forget right so that's the whole point of it and 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 so i turn mine in they call me up to go inside and you know some of the other judges were and this is my first competition right so i, I wasn't you know i'm not i'm not i wasn't used to it so some of the judges were like nailing me on the color of my ribs right like oh you oh my god so it, it, it's very very specific like they judge on color they judge on taste they judge they judge on how moist the ribs are um they judge on like spiciness or if it's too sweet it's too spicy or it's not salty or or it doesn't look good in the box like the box like the presentation of it doesn't if they bite the rib and it doesn't it doesn't like you it has to pull off the bone but not the whole rib it just needs to pull off where their teeth marks make into the rib 
So I get up there, you know, I'm nervous as shit. I go up there with Roger somewhere and we're sitting up there and, and the judges are like, you know, they're kind of nailing me on, on some of the other stuff, like color, the color was a little bit too dark and I fucked up. I put a little bit too much brown sugar in the, um, in the wrap uh, of the ribs. So when it gets to a certain point, when you're smoking the ribs, you need to wrap it in foil with like apple juice and almost braise it in a sense so that it gets super, like it gets pretty tender. Um, when I did that, I put a little bit too much brown sugar. The brown sugar kind of darkened the meat. So it looked, it didn't look as, it didn't look as good as I wanted it to be, but whatever. Um, but then everybody started telling me, dude, the flavor was phenomenal. The flavor was on point. If you would have fixed your color and, and not, and some of it was a little bit overcooked, but Harry Sue, the guy, the, the professional guy, he was on the table he tells everybody, and this is on camera. It's on. So he goes, he goes, he goes, guys like, no, th- he's like, he tells me, and he goes, look, I, I got lucky out of this whole box. You turn in, I got the best rib that you turned in because what I did was there was, I had to do multiple slabs of ribs. So the rib that I pulled possibly from a different rack was the best one out of all the ones that I turned in. So he, he eats it and he's like, dude, the flavors, he's like, this is the competition rib. He's like, this is, he's like, out of all the ribs I tasted today, this was my favorite. Yeah. So I was like, damn, okay. I, 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 at least I got my flavors down. Right. So, um, it was a humbling, it was a humbling experience, uh, to hear people judge you on your food. Um, I am, I'm like, a, I'm a people pleaser. I, I, I like to do food and honestly, and, and people always ask me like, especially family, like, Oh dude, you're always feeding people and you're always like, you spend your money and you're always giving people food. And it's like, I love to feed people. I don't know what it is. It's, it's just a, it's a thing that I like to, I enjoy seeing the satisfaction on people's faces when they eat my food. I can compare it to like music, right? Like musicians like us, right? You're a singer. I'm a musician. We do this at the same time. We do it because we love it, but we do it so that we can entertain people and see that satisfaction in their face when they're dancing to a song or, or when they're, they're crying to a song, like, like a music, like, a, uh, you know, with, with the bundles or something, they're, they're crying in the seats and you, you elicit that emotion from, from people. And I can't tell you how priceless that is. It, oh, it's a good feeling. It, yeah. Nothing beats it. That's for sure. Oh no. And, and, and honestly, there's no, I, I, I can't find any other way of recreating that. Like that, that feeling can be recreated is through music, um, and through food for me, um, to, to be able to like, please somebody in that sense. So what is the, what is your, like, if you had to say like a dream with flower power barbecue, what, what would you feel like hitting your goal with flower power barbecue? <laughs> You know, I've had, I've had, I've had multiple discussions like with friends and family and people that I get people telling me all the time, like, dude, you need to open up a fucking restaurant or you need to do a food truck or you need to do this. And it's like, I do. And I'm telling you, like I said, I got into this because it was a hobby. It was a passion. And, and I do love to feed people in that sense. And, um, if I can sit here and say what I would like the ultimate like goal or dream, um, it would be to do like a food truck. I, I honestly wouldn't do a restaurant and, and even with the food truck, the only reason why I say that is because I love my time, right? Like I'm involved in so much shit, dude. Like, you know, it, being in the Portuguese That's community, what I was thinking the only problem with restaurants, you have to be there all the time. Exactly. And I don't want to, like, I love to cook, but I don't want to hate to cook. Right. Yeah. Like I don't want to hate it. 
I do. I like to cook sometimes by myself and just be in, in the kitchen by myself. No music on, no nothing, just straight silence and the sounds of me cutting my food. Cut, just the sounds of cooking relax me and it's like a zen and i know i'm sure i'm sure you can even ask like telmo or you can ask like all these like chefs or people that we know that are chefs they can probably tell you the same thing like like literally just zoning out and being in the kitchen by yourself it's probably one of the most soothing things ever i don't know maybe i'm the only one but i I, i'm pretty sure that i'm not but um no but back to your question like honestly with with you know wanting to have more time and and not being focused on like a restaurant or a food truck because that would require me quitting my day job and i love my day job and um and my career and uh and i'm not done with my career like i i still have ladders that i'm climbing and and i intend to get there with this cooking thing i think with time wise i honestly would the, the only thing i would think about doing is like what i'm doing right now like pop-ups and just focus on doing pop-ups like at breweries and and bars downtown san jose like i think that's my next goal with this is to focus on getting out of getting out of my comfort zone of the portuguese community and focus on and focus on getting followers and people that like my food outside of the portuguese community because i know it's i have so the portuguese to, you know i tried to do that with this podcast <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm being broadcasted on a portuguese media radio station so but that's like, awesome oh. no it's amazing but it's yeah. so funny because i tried i'm like can i reach non-portuguese people yeah and try to grow both right but yeah. i didn't want to just depend on the portuguese people no yeah and it's and it's tough the only time that i felt like so zen in silence yeah was after gigs right like, after like big loud right days, you know pounding of the drums mm -hmm. all night long i would drive home at like two three in the morning in complete silence and i can guarantee you still have that whistle in your ear that's it was from the loud ass speakers right like after you're after you're done with a gig that's probably the only thing that you're hearing when you're driving when you're driving home Oh. Like, like, like for me in the band, like playing in the band, I know it's a totally different atmosphere, like and feeling of playing in a conjunct and playing in a, in a, a wind ensemble, right. Classical music and stuff like that. Um, but I can relate because I think, you know, with playing in the band and we played some tough ass music, like we played when, you know, at the time, um, when John Merle was our mesh, you know, we were playing some, we were playing some crazy shit and it was, and it was awesome. I love challenges and I loved, I just loved playing that music and that type of music. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you, like, I can't, I can't even tell you, actually, I can't even tell you is the feeling I would have after a gig and that, or, 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 or actually the last note, right? Like we're yeah. holding this last note and, and I have the front, I have the pleasure of sitting in the front. So Joe would be conducting front, obviously of the band, and and looking at Joe, we're holding out this fucking powerful in your face fucking note. And Joe's fucking like holding that fucking note like before he cuts us off. And and I can see his face turning like the moth red and 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 just <laughs> just seeing the sweat like drip off. Like, dude, the passion that he exuded, like, you know, showing that that rubbed off. Like, and I like since I was since I started the band, that that feeling that feeling is what kept me playing music and wanted me to learn more and wanted me to keep playing. But that feeling and whatever that feeling is, it's addicting. Yeah.
for sure. (laughs) I hope that he hears this because if I were the mishra and I heard one of my people say that, (laughs) I would be like, yeah, that's what I wanted. It's true though. Like, and I've I've told him this and he knows, he knows because he, I I know he feels the same way, but um, yeah, no, that feeling, that feeling of, of knowing you just rock the shit out of a concert or rock the shit out of a gig. That feeling is just priceless, dude. but you're still so the food Monica, you guys are still playing everything's going good going strong with the food Monica at pbsj yeah i mean it, it's 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 going you know it's it's going it's you know like and i'm sure you know every band in in the bay area right now can attest to this i mean covid i mean even before covid things were already slowing down and people the interest in the bands and and just cult the culture in general like festas and and the 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 dance groups and all that stuff right uh uh, I think interest kind of died down and, you know, with, with, with what's all out there in the world right now for people to do with, with technology, especially for kids, technology and sports and, and going camping and, and, and just life in general. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's really hampered, uh, the future of our, of our bands and our, and our community. Um, and it's, you know, so I'm not talking about everybody, but man, it's, you know, a lot of people just, they're just not interested in morning. That's fine. You know, it's, it is what it is. Life moves on and, and people, you know, want to do different stuff and not just be a part of the Portuguese community. None. And it's, you know, it's, it's hurt all the bands out here, man. Like, you know, we're all hurting. I don't care what anybody says. We're, we're all hurting, you know, for people, for support, you know, uh, it, with like festas and dances. And it's like, you know, people come to festas now and it's like, there's not even like there's there's no even con, there's not even like conjunct around anymore. I mean, you have the new conjunct that Lisa Lisa Mello and Serge Leal and all those uh, Zodiac they restarted Zodiac right. Uh, they're back now. So, uh, and I know Saint Duvi this around and and stuff like that. But th- there's I mean there's not really any fetches anymore. The, the halls aren't like hiring bands in them. Or hi- they're hiring DJs and they're hiring you know, the one man bands that are playing the old, old school Portuguese stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But it's not like, it's not going to attract the younger generation in a sense. Right. And it's like, um, it's, yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, dude, it's, we're, we're in a tough transition right now and COVID really fucked things up. You, you know, know it, what you were saying earlier is like, you know, how close you guys are over there in San Jose. I know you were yeah. like pretty much born and raised in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also the last generation like you said I'm th- you're 39 i'm 35 we're like the last generation that our parents are immigrants yeah no so it's true I, it, it is when our parents came here they had nothing but each other in the community so the reason why mm-hmm. all of us younger people are so close is because we're all we had on the weekends you're right and they mm-hmm. all, our parents gravitated to one another as friends and as as safety net because they didn't know english they mm-hmm. didn't had more like factory style jobs and things like that so they really gravitated and held on to each other as like a safety net because they didn't know this new culture and so now this next generation coming on they don't have that really like i feel like embedded uh, yes like it is me like yeah portuguese is part of my identity if not yeah. all of it <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's and that and I identify with that. Like our generation can identify with that. Like I'm fucking proud to be Portuguese. Like you can, you can ask my coworker. Like at, at work, I fucking rep Portugal to the fucking max. Like I, I rep that I'm Portuguese. I tell all my coworkers about our Portuguese culture. I've actually so when I used to work at the pre, I so I I work at Stanford University, and so um, about six seven years ago, I used to work at the president's office, the president of Stanford University. I used to work at their office 
office. I was doing financial, um, just financial stuff and also facility orientated uh, work. And so uh, at the time, like I would, I dude, like, I remember we had this big ass concert that we were playing at the church at the, at five Moons, And um, I made a flyer and I posted it in our building in the kitchen and the chief of staff of the whole university, she's like, it's the president, the provost, and then the chief of staff. She, she, she was so awesome. She came up to me. She's like, Hey, uh, I want to bring my family to that. Is it okay if we come? We're not Portuguese. I was like, of course you can come. This is for everybody. Right. And I was super stoked. Like I, I really wanted her to come because I really wanted them to see what, what the bands were like about, what our culture is about. Right. Yeah. And I, at, at the same time, I was like, she's not going to come. She's not going to come. Right. The, the concert night we're at the band, we're at the, we're at the church and we're, and I'm, and we're about to play our first song. And I look into the back of the church and she's walking in with like eight people, like her whole family. And, 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 and honestly, it made me want like, I'm, I'm going to fucking rip this concert up right now, dude. <laughs> I, wanted, I was like, dude, I'm going to fuck this concert up right now. Like, this is going to be awesome. And I had a solo that night too. It was a, it was a duet that I played with uh, Nelson Skeda. It was a really like a, it was actually a Fadu. It was a Fadu. I think it was Fadu Menor uh, by Antonio Zambuju. Um, it was a song that we, that Joe actually wrote for us and, actually funny story about that backstory that song joe wrote it out and it's a very simple almost simple song and the, his voice is what makes the song right it's, and so joe wrote it out and he was like i don't know i don't know if this is gonna work but let's try it out all right so me and nelson uh before practice we're like okay let's let's go into the room and and work on this because we basically what we did is the way joe wrote it out is he wrote the the vocals for the solo right so in the beginning of the song, I did a cadenza, basically me playing by myself, like a really, you know, very beautiful, you know, powerful, like entrance. And then the song started, right. Nelson would come in with the, the first vocal and then, and then it would repeat and I would play the second vocal. So we were trying to figure out how to make this work because the, the way Joe wrote it was very like basic in the sense that we needed, we needed to spruce it up and, and kind of give soul to it. Right. And so me and Nelson skate and Nelson, dude, Nelson's one of the, I don't know if you've ever played music or been in a, Nelson. he's a machine. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking beast. And so, yeah. um, so, so we, we went into the room at, at our band hall and, and, and we played the song, like just, we, we played it on the, on, on iTunes or whatever. And we listened to him and we were like, okay, kind of does a vibrato here. Oh, he does this. He does this. And we both just sat there and we made it our own. And it was phenomenal <laughs> like i'm not trying to kiss my own ass and or kiss nelson's ass or do no, that you know when you do well you know <laughs> it, no but it i mean it was it was a very powerful song i actually played it for my grandma's funeral um uh it was this past year in october my grandma passed away and and uh and i i asked joe amaral and a couple other people to to play it from my inside the church because it's such a beautiful beautiful uh, song have you ever heard the song by antonio zimbuju I've heard a lot of his music. He's Ellen Janu, so I'm like, okay. there's not really a lot of Ellen Janus except my family. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I, I followed him because I know he does like a lot of, you know, some some modes and stuff from yeah. from So I'll have to look it up. But I do like a lot of his stuff because he kind of has, in a way, a Brazilian like sound, sound, right? 
sound. Or yeah. Something. So Joel wrote it out. We played it. The first time we played it was in, in the church for like our anniversary. And then we played it that night. But going back to my story, we played it that night at the um, at the church for the big concert. And, you know, the chief of staff of Stanford, you know, watched the whole concert. And we played some crazy ass other pieces, too. But after the concert, I and we it was an amazing concert and I'm putting my stuff away and she actually came up to me at the stage. She brought her whole family and her, her eyes were just so blown up. Like she was like, Brian, Oh my God. She's like, I did not expect this. She's like, I, she's like, she was sitting there saying like, I, I, I didn't know what to expect. She's like, I didn't know what to expect, but, and I'm not really musically inclined or anything. But she said her son and her son's girlfriend were were there and they're into music. They're, they actually play music or they play musical instruments and they, you know, they're good at it or whatever. And as soon as we, f- we started playing the first song, which was one of our toughest pieces, she, they, I guess they, she said that they looked at her mom and said, these guys are badass. <laughs> oh, that so, is so cool. It's really cool to get it from people outside of our culture. Yeah. And that's what I was getting to is like, like I said, that reach and this, I think that's the, I, I branch out a lot. So I apologize. But um, like, I think the moral of that story was like, like how we were talking about, like you want to reach out to a different audience and I want to reach out to a different audience. And, and it's hard because like I said, we were so, our comfort zone is the Portuguese community because we know that people, we know that our friends are going to support us. We know that the community is going to support us. But I also, I, I also feel that it's so important to branch out because it can open so much more doors. Right. And, um, there's, you know, for me, I really want to get into like the bar scene, the, the, the brewery scene, right. There's a bunch of local breweries in downtown San Jose. And a lot of, I've noticed a lot of food trucks and, and pop-up uh, food companies are popping up there and and there's some big big time ones that i even follow on instagram and they got really like they're notarized they're they're freaking notorious like i mean everybody knows them on instagram and and they're getting a bunch of followers and people that love their food and people i want that too like i i want people i really want to branch out i want other people to try my food and i actually do have so um I think it's in July, uh, July weekend after July 16th. So I don't know what that weekend is probably like the the 22nd or some shit like that. But I have a pop-up with one of my, my buddies, he's a barbecue buddy. Um, I met him through the competitions that, that I've been doing. And his name is, uh, his, his company is called Big Daddy's Barbecue. His name is Isaac. And this guy, he blew up. Like, his food is fucking amazing. His barbecue is absolutely amazing. Um, we've, we've become kind of cool. And, um, and he came, I, su- I supported him on his stuff. And, you know, he actually came and supported some of my, my pop-ups. And a and, uh, really cool dude. And so he reached out and uh, wanted to do a pop-up uh, collab. And I was like, dude, love to jump on that so we um we're actually gonna do a collab on i think it's july 22nd like i said and he's gonna be doing his barbecue and i'll be doing my smash burgers so um it's gonna be in downtown san jose off of 17th and williams i think it is um i would have to check but i'll send you once once i get the the uh, flyer and stuff like this we're probably going to make a flyer in the next couple months but i'll uh, i'll definitely shoot it your way but um yeah no it's going to be it's that's 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 gonna be huge for me because he has a huge following um and it's just good it's it's good exposure for me and also barbecuing and and selling food with a with a homie that's it's priceless i mean it's it's super cool have you noticed i don't know if you order from doordash ever Mm -hmm. 
But have you noticed that there's so many ghost kitchens now? Dude, I was just telling my girlfriend that the other day. So I just read in on the, I think it was on NBC Bay Area's website. There's a new, okay, I don't know if you remember, I, I don't know if you're familiar with downtown San Jose, but there there used to be a very famous furniture store. I think it was Henry Coke. Cocoa's or some shit like that or Henry Coca's or some shit. Um, it was a famous furniture store that had been there for fucking years, big, big building and had apartments above it or whatever. Somebody just bought that out and I forgot who this It's some like ex CEO of some company or some shit like that. It's been empty for years, but he bought the building out and is making basically a bunch of ghost kitchens inside the whole building. So he's making wow, out. That's really cool idea, dude. And so, and the cool part is it's the, the so it's, I think it's going to be like three floors. And so each floor is going to have a bunch of different kitchens and people can, you know, rent out the kitchens and do, like ghost kitchen. Right. And sell their food through there. But they are also going to have that first floor open. So you can actually go down there and they're going to have like retail places or, or, um, a coffee shop and and actually you could probably eat your food down there once you you pick it up from the ghost kitchen but yeah no i've been noticing these ghost kitchens going like crazy especially especially during covid um that's when i first started noticing them was all these ghosts and there's actually there's another one too like on um no but they'll do it like for instance i'm in tracy now so uh we'll order from Chili's, and then i'm just like looking at doordash one day and i'm like how is magianos here i don't mm -hmm. know Magianos is here, and like literally, Chili's hosts Magianos in their kitchen. Oh it's yeah, from like the Chili's building. Oh yeah, no, there's they, they yeah, that's that's another form of of a ghost kitchen too, where you have these companies or restaurants, and they'll they'll just open a part of their kitchen to another you know uh, uh, restaurant, and they'll they'll just cook their food out of their restaurant and sell it, and and it's actually kind of crazy because you think about it, Chili's is making Chili's is a fucking corporate fucking you. Know, and I think that opened up from COVID because I think they just lost so much business. They're like, well, here's another way to be able to stay open. Yeah. And you know what, to be honest, Sylvia, like I know COVID, COVID was crazy, right? I mean, it, it ruined people's lives. It, But I can say if there's any positive, it really changed the way people think, right? Oh. I, I, and it's in all different aspects. Um, I think it really challenged people to find ways to survive, Right. Especially in the restaurant business or in small mom and pops businesses and in and, and, and any kind of, you know, way it forced people to try to figure out ways to to do things different and and really survive. And and I think it also opened up doors that may not have been open before or maybe just weren't possible before because everybody before covid um i mean i'm blessed I, working at stanford we have hybrid schedules now so what i was trying to say is that it really um allowed people to really tap into things that they maybe necessarily weren't able to before because of time right because everybody's at home for those first for those first few months and and people didn't know what the fuck to do. And it's just like, All okay. All they wait, wanted to do was make bread. Right? Everybody's making fucking like Bob Six and shit and cornbread and fucking <laughs> malasadas. I remember my mom, my mom actually, I remember one time my mom made, uh, I helped her make malasadas. Because like, find flour, dude. Yeah, it was fucking crazy. Flowers, fucking toilet paper, all that shit, dude. But uh, no, it was, it, it, dude, it was eye-opening. And then I think people started realizing, especially after COVID, like, well, when COVID started kind of dying down was, 
they people really enjoy their time and 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 in the world that we live in especially in a big city i mean sounds like one of the sounds like it's a small big city right but in in these types of cities like this where it's constantly go oh there's not people sometimes don't have the time to stop and really think like hey what, what what can i be doing besides what i'm doing right now like what kind of hobbies can i get into or what can i what what else can i put my energy into right um and i really feel that covid literally the open so many doors for people's and the barbecue thing that it opened it that door opened for me during covid ever expect all of this no you sometimes we get into these moments in our life where we think it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. you're like what the hell this is the best time of my life no and and dude like i i i can sit here and honestly tell you i did not expect like this barbecue thing or food thing to, to, uh, to have happened. I, it just wasn't, I, I, I barely started cooking, like cooking, like probably like 2016. Like I just, it, just, but it, it runs in my, my mom's an amazing cook. And I really like when I was a kid, I was always in the kitchen with her and I was always like helping her bake and helping her cook and, and this and that. But then when I finally, when I moved out, um, back in 2000, I don't know, it was like 2016 or 2017, some shit like that. Um, I had to start cooking for myself and I started learning. I was like, fuck, I really enjoy cooking. Like it actually, like it's something that I really like to do. And then I started kind of like experimenting and doing this and doing that. But I, in never my wildest imagination would I have thought that I would have been, I would be doing this right now, what I'm doing. It's really cool. I'm really proud of you. No, I thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you too, you know, with this, with this new podcast. And, and like I told you before was, you know, I'm, uh, I really feel it's a, I really feel it's an awesome thing that you're doing and, and, and being able to have open conversations and, and really tap into life experiences and, and stuff like that. And I think it's, I think it's really cool what you're doing. So I, I, I just want to let you know, keep doing it. And I really, I really hope you go far with it. Cause it's, it's really awesome. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really honored that you, you asked me to be a part of it. Of course. I, you definitely are on my list. Not just because you do barbecue. You're just a fun person to be around whenever I think <laughs> I have to visualize you. You're always smiling and you're always having a good time. That's right. That's where I want my energy to be. (laughs) (laughs) No, most definitely. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll all have to come to that pop-up. Me and my husband will come and support you. Yes. So where, where can our listeners find you and your, you know, if someone wants to cater, right, they can contact you through social media or. So, yeah, so you can, people can follow me at flower power barbecue on, um, on Instagram. I don't really do the Facebook anymore. Um, I had a Facebook account, but I don't, it's, it's so hard to keep up with like three different accounts. And so, um, so yeah, flower power barbecue on Instagram and, uh, and you can always message me on there if you, if you need catering or, or interested in collabing on popping up or anything like that. And then, um, if you want to email me, you can email me at flower power barbecue at gmail.com.